1: Welcome all to another edition of Trashy Divorces, everybody's
0: favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name is Stacey. Hey friends, Alicia here. Thank you for joining us for today's tale of marital misadventure with an old Hollywood legend, Joan Bennett. One of the Bennett sisters. There are three of them, Constance, Barbara, and Joan. They are their own whole saga, together and alone. Today's episode is just a little amuse-bouche when it comes to them. There's so much to like about this story for us here at Trashy Divorces, loaded with spiderwebs. Joan Bennett, our profile today, is the youngest of those three famous Bennett sisters. And Joan herself, four times married, three times divorced. Sounds perfect. Well, one of those marriages has her husband shooting... Her suspected lover in the groin area. Oh. Yeah, it's so much the story of Joan Bennett. We had to begin with her. I promise this is a wild ride of everything you love about trashy divorces. But before we begin today's episode, we have, excitingly enough, moved in to a different Zodiac season. And in our magic mirror, it is time to celebrate our trashy Scorpios today. I love this season. Wishing a very happy, happy birthday. To who, Stacy? whose names do we see in the magic mirror for Scorpio season?
1: We have Carrie's Papa, who is a 78 years young gentleman. Happy
0: birthday. Steph F., with a milestone birthday this year. Jess, I, big love to you, most especially this season. I do want to give a shout out if you are looking for a special charity in honor of Jess's dad, Please check out the National MS Society. That's not it, though. We got a lot of Scorpios. Trashy, trashy. We do. Happy birthday to Heather M., to Jen L., to Brandy B., one of my favorite sisters from long ago. L-I-T-B, lady. Happy birthday to Joy D., Shelly B., and of course, Melissa O. Last but not least, our favorite Scorpio, Melissa O., Happy, happy birthday to all y'all. If you need your Scorpio shout out, send it along to us. We will get it in the magic mirror. Today, I'm so excited. It's Joan Bennett. The story is going to knock your socks off. You ready? I think we better go, go, go. Oh, Stacy, we've been around this trashy divorces block now for 20 seasons or so, closing in on 400 episodes. We have seen our fair share of Hollywood siblings, especially sisters. They're kind of my favorite. Sure, we have the Kardashian sisters today making headlines, but they're nothing new when it comes to the sister act that Hollywood adores and cherishes and embraces. We've talked about Olivia de Havilland and Joan Fontaine in the past. Yep. We've talked about Zsa Zsa Gabor, one of the famous trio of Gabor's sisters. But today, it's the Bennett sisters, or the youngest of the Bennett sisters, Joan. As the younger sister, she is a real peach. She is kind of delightful, really unconventional. Joan as the baby does things a different way all the time, sometimes to her disadvantage, though. Joan's really good at playing the game, but wowza, does she get screwed. Let's get into the story. Joan Geraldine Bennett is born February 27th, 1910. Joan is the youngest child born into a showbiz family. Her father is Richard Bennett. Her mother is Adrian Morrison. Her mom's a literary agent. Her father is an actor. But the thing that I want to let you know is that Joan is from a long line, like seven generations, through her mom's family, embedded into English theater. They have their roots back in 18th century minstrels and troubadours and acting troops back in England.
1: Yeah, wandering around in coaches or whatever and setting up little theater spaces
0: on the green in the village. I'm not going back eight generations, but... To let you know, Joan's maternal grandmother is an actress named Rose Wood. Joan's maternal grandfather is a Jamaican-born Shakespearean actor. His name is Lewis Morrison. At the very tender, tender age of six, baby Joan gets her first role. It's 1916. It's a play. Her father's in it. They make it into a film. Joan is the baby. She's got two older sisters. Remember Constance, Barbara, older. Joan will attend the Chapin School, Miss Hopkins, too. She hates all of it. Joan eventually is going to go to a finishing school in Versailles, France. Hmm. All things in Joan's childhood are kind of good, but not. When Joan is a teenager, 14, 15, in 1925, Richard and Adrian, Joan's mom and dad, divorce. But there are some problems brewing before that. Joan's the youngest kid. And she takes this whole divorce kind of hard. Also, her oldest sister, Constance, becoming a movie star. There's a lot of family, imago. There's a lot going on here. The acrimony of the divorce and Joan's older sisters doing things just because of their age that Joan is not old enough to do yet is going to steer Joan's life a little bit off course. Sure, it's a showbiz family. Joan loves her dad, but she's terrified by him too. She calls him the tidal wave. Hmm. That's quite a descriptor, isn't it? Joan's mom, Adrienne, is going to get remarried in 1927. Again, Joan's older sisters are doing great. They're both beautiful, enjoying professional success. Remember, Joan's the baby. So Joan's going to make a choice here to plan for the career she wants. She's not going to go into show business. She's going to be an interior designer. Interesting idea. But alas, that won't happen. As September 15th, 1926, a 16-year-old Joan will marry for the very first time to John Marion Fox in London. She leaves Versailles, hooks up with John Marion Fox. He's the son of a millionaire. She's just finished boarding school. Heck, why not get married? I guess. John Marion Fox is 10 years older. She's 16. Mm -hmm. He's 26. Also a hardcore alcoholic. Mm, Excellent.
1: Yeah, I feel like in 1926, it wasn't particularly unusual for a 16-year-old to get married. But that's some baggage right there. A
0: little bit of baggage to start out with, but it's okay. Joan has her first child, making that load a little heavier. A daughter in February 1928. February 1928. So when I tell you the divorce was finalized in July of 1928, that's how bad it had to be. Oh my God. Joan's already pregnant and divorcing because, whoa. Joan files charges against John Marion Fox based on his problems with the bottle. But they're over and out by 1928. And here is Joan with a young infant... And the need to support herself and her child with marriage number one over and out. Just a little starter marriage. Well, what's a girl to do? Joan's gonna hmm, turn to acting. I know people like my dad. It's kind of a Nepo baby start here. But Joan, to her credit, it doesn't take her long. By 1930. So she divorces in 28. By 1930. Joan has moved from stage to film and it is on. Between 1928 and 1932, the time of Joan's next marriage, she will make 20 movies. Wow. She is super busy making a name for herself, getting out there, professional success, supporting her child up to 1932, which is where we're going to take a break now and come back to meet hubby number two. Sounds good. We'll see you on the flip. Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making just it keep ar- it simple. Uh, I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice.
0: Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Rob, bros. Good job.
1: Okay, Alicia, we go from baby
0: Joan to Joan supporting a baby. <laughs> That's about it. Up next, after much professional success, 1932, comes along husband number two, Gene Markey. He is a producer and a screenwriter. And this guy is kind of like a little bit of the Forrest Gump of Trashy History. Gene Markey is not what you would call handsome. He's not really loaded in the looks department, but he is loaded with charm and charisma. He's a talker. He can talk to anyone. Gene Markey ends up, upon getting to Hollywood in 1929, on everybody's hot list. He's the guy that is at every party. Gene Markey is pretty good friends with John Hay Whitney Who keeps popping up this Mm -hmm. week in my trashy world. Gene Markey's friends with Irving Berlin. You know who Gene Markey goes fishing with? John Wayne. Oh, my God. Uh Uh-huh. Gene also parties down with Douglas Fairbanks Jr., first husband of Joan Crawford. Gene is the guy. He knows everybody. Everybody wants him around. Joan, Bennett, Jean, Marky fall in love. They marry in 1932. It's his first marriage, her second. But who's counting that first one from Mm -hmm. her anyway, besides probably the kid. (laughs) Jean and Joan marry in 1932 and happiness reigns for a few years anyway. During this time, the role that you most know Joan Bennett for is her portrayal of Amy March in 1933's Little Women. Okay. Alongside Katherine Hepburn's wow. Joe March. The same year, 1933, there's a guy. His name is Walter Wanger. <laughs> he notices Joan Bennett from her performance in Little Women. Pay attention to that name, Walter oh, Wanger. How can you not? He's coming around. Walter Wanger is part of Joan's orbit from 1933 onward. Okay. Joan, on her 24th birthday in 1934, she will have another daughter. Pretty exciting. Second husband, two kids. In the time of this marriage, 1932, we're going to go to 1937, Joan Bennett makes 20 movies. Wow. That's just a lot. That is a lot. Joan Bennett and Jean Markey will divorce in 1937 after five years of marriage, and it is... All kinds of amicable. Hmm. Joan Bennett says theirs was, quote, probably the warmest and most amicable parting in Hollywood history, unquote. Okay, well, that's a feat. Good for them. Everything's groovy. A few things to toss in, though, into our trashy loop that happened after this divorce. First up, Gene Markey is going to go on to marry a few more times. Three, in fact. Next up on his list is the goddess Hetty Lamar previous TD alum mm-hmm. if the name Jean Markey sounded familiar to you. After Hetty Lamar, Jean Markey will go on to marry actress Myrna Loy. After their divorce, Jean Markey will marry for the final time to Lucille Parker Wright, which has a done and done tie-in coming. The spiderwebs here, I literally have goosebumps. Lucille Parker Wright is the owner of Calumet Farm. In oh, Kentucky, right. which is next door to where Mona Von Bismarck is from, mm-hmm. Calumet Farm has the very famous racehorse, Aladar, with the insurance scam, holy catch, Jean Markey, another Forrest Gump of Trashy Divorces history. Anyway, kind of the cruddy thing here about Jean Markey's next marriage to Hetty Lamar is that in this time, after her marriage to Jean Markey, Joan Bennett is going to go from blonde kind of ingenue, very light and airy to a brunette. She'll lower her voice an octave, developing into this kind of sultry siren. And when she does, goodness, Hetty Lamar and Joan Bennett look a lot alike. It's kind of remarkable. Jean Markey apparently has a type. Hmm. Okay, so one of the benefits of going brunette that Joan has going for her is her good friend, David O. Selznick at this time, 1937-1938, is making a little film called Gone with the Wind. I've heard of that. Our girl Joan Bennett is honestly in the last pile of almost Scarlett O'Hara's. It's down to, like, three. Had Joan gotten that part, she might have had a different trajectory. David O. Selznick will... Find his scarlet in Vivian Lee instead, as we all know, previous Trashy Divorces alum. And Joan Bennett and David Oselznick, really good friends. He feels bad about it. David O'selznick will send Joan Bennett orchids with a nice note trying mm-hmm. to let her down easy. That note reads Dear Joan, the scarlet hour has arrived, and the decision, unfortunately, is against our Joni. I am more grateful than I can say for your effort which was magnificent that it may perhaps point the path to great things for you is the sincere and affectionate hope of David. Well, that's a darn nice rejection letter. Joan Bennett could have rocked that. I think the race for Scarlet fascinating. Mm-hmm. We've covered it on Patreon yeah. ages ago, but here David O. Selznick feels so bad He's like, "Hey, Joan Bennett, maybe we can use your eldest daughter in the role of Bonnie Blue Butler, Scarlet and child, and Joan Bennett passes on that. She has things to do as it is coming up on 1940 and it is time for Joan Bennett to marry again. Pull out old Walter Wanger from your back pocket. Oh sure. who's been now skirting around Joan for ages in a professional capacity, of course. Here's the thing. Walter Wanger, at this time, late 30s, is married. He's been married since he and Joan met. Walter's been married since 1919 Hmm. to this lady named Justine Johnstone. Listen to Justine. Holy cats. Justine started as a Ziegfeld Follies girl, then she turned into a silent screen star. She finishes all that up by the mid 1920s to become Science Girl. Here, Justine Johnstone becomes a pathologist and a world-renowned expert on syphilis. <laughs> also, Justine Johnstone is part of the team that develops the modern IV technique. Wow, unbelievable! I love this podcast. That's Walter Wanger's first wife.
1: Didn't Hetty Lamar invent like satellite radio communication or something? In yeah,
0: cellular c- technology. There are a lot
1: of really smart women uh-huh. in Hollywood. Okay, yeah.
0: So, after 20 years of marriage, 1919 to, I don't know, 1938, Justine and Walter are done, leaving Walter Wanger free, and now Joan Bennett free, and hooray! It's his second marriage, her third, happens in 1940. A bunch happens in this period that is instrumental into the emotional development of our characters, Joan's parents will both pass away within the next decade. Walter Wanger and Joan Bennett, along with Fritz Lang, will form a production company. Joan will have two more kids. Joan will also become a grandmother in 1949 at the age of 39. Also, from 1940 to 1951, Joan Bennett will star in 25 films, including 1945's Scarlet Street, 1950s Father of the Bride with hmm. Elizabeth Taylor, mm-hmm. and 1951's Father's Little Dividend. Hmm. That one I've not heard of, but... For our current context, it would be Diane Keaton's role in Father of the Bride that Joan Bennett plays. She's moving her way into maternal, comfortable roles Sure, in Hollywood. Joan Bennett and Walter Wanger... Get married in 1940. They're going to remain married until 1965, even after the thing I'm about to tell you about happened December 13th, 1951. But I bring up Joan Bennett's 25 films from 1940 to 1951. I bring up the other 40 movies from 1928 to 1940 when we started counting, Joan Bennett is a prolific actress. She is one of the best. She is a bankable star. She's reliable. She's professional. She gets the job done. Now, during the decade of the 1940s, Joanie's going to get a new agent. His name is Jennings Lang. He is a leading agent in Hollywood, and Joan likes him, and Jennings likes Joan, and they work well together in a professional capacity. Just professional? Walter Wanger, Joan's husband, is falling on some tough times. He is going to make his (laughs) film epic, Joan of Arc, with Ingrid Bergman, where Ingrid Bergman is revealed to be having an affair with Rossellini, all that's exposed, previous TD alum. Walter's getting hung up in it. He has a few bad films. He's tanking in Hollywood. At least his men tank in Hollywood. But it goes so So much lower than that. We're going to take a quick break and find out what happens in December of 1951. Okay, Stacey, going back to answer your question, in a professional capacity, well, Walter Wenger really does begin to believe that Joan and Jennings are having an affair, and perhaps most assuredly, certainly they are. Both Joan and Jennings are in unhappy marriages, and this little affair could be just a, you know, bit of mutual understanding. Neither one of them is going to rock their worlds over this, but, you know, a little afternoon delight. Their encounters are brief and often. They don't all the time happen in Hollywood. They kind of go a little international with their dalliances. Walter Wanger gets big mad with his professional shortcomings. Now his wife is stepping out. Walter Wanger is going to hire a private investigator to follow around Joan Bennett for evidence. It is on December thirteenth, 1951, that Walter is stalking Joan throughout Hollywood, really. He's driving around looking for Joan. Where's Joan? Where's Joan? Walter spots Joan's car in the parking lot of a rando place. Like, there's no Joan, though, in the car. <clears throat> because Joan has left her car there and gone with Jennings Lang to discuss a future television role. Sure, up on this
1: beautiful scenic
0: overlook or something. Exactly. Walter can't handle it anymore. He's going to sit and wait for Joan to come back to her car. I mean, we're talking, this is afternoon. This is Mm -hmm. lunchtime. Walter waits in his own car Hmm. with a loaded pistol. Oh, excellent. Nothing bad ever happened from that. Joan does return Mm -hmm. to collect her car. Probably. And there's Jennings Uh Lang and Joan. Hmm. And chaos ensues. There is yelling. There are accusations. There are gunshots fired. Where Walter shoots Jennings in a few places, including his groin. After shooting Jennings Lang, Walter tosses the pistol and calmly goes across the street to the police station to turn himself in. Wow. Across from the... Yeah. Really, dude? Jennings Lang is, of course, given medical aid. He survives this assault, and good for him. Jennings Lang goes on to have a perfectly fine career. The wife of the unhappy marriage will pass away. He'll get remarried again. Jennings Lang succeeds and triumphs in wonderful ways in Hollywood. He'll become the vice president of Universal Studios. Wow. No problems for Jennings Lang, except for, you no, know, no physically. additional,
1: No additional children. Is that where we're going to land on that? You know, I don't have that answer, <laughs> but I
0: would guess no. Walter Wanger, what happens to him? Indeed. Well, he's booked on suspicion of assault with Sus- intent to commit murder. We do suspect you just did this thing in front of the police station that we all saw you do. So that's not great. Walter helpfully explains to the authorities that it was Joan's infidelity that caused him to go insane. Walter, like so many Hollywood brethren before him, is going to call a lawyer. You got to have a lawyer. Who you calling in 1950s Hollywood Jerry Giesler Mm. always Jerry Giesler. He shows up in so many of our trashy stories. (laughs) Joan Bennett for her part adamantly denies this affair. Walter pleads temporary insanity. He will fall on the mercy of the judge and be sentenced and serve four months, four months, for, for shooting th- a guy multiple times for intent to commit murder, yes, seems... four months. It kind of like a country farm prison. It's not sure. even a, not even a hard place. Hollywood just seems like a soft
1: on crime kind of place. I'm just gonna say that. If you're wealthy
0: and powerful, mm-hmm. yeah, Wanger's career doesn't really take a hit. He is even while he's in jail, put up as associate producer for a film, so he can still get paid, right? Still get screenwriting credit. Sure. He takes no hit. Don't want to lose that health insurance. (laughs) Who does take the hit? You want to guess? Is it Joan? Uh Mm Uh-huh. She falls on her own arc, so to speak, as being the woman to blame. She will support the story that, of course, my husband, Walter Wenger, was totally justified in doing what he did. And Joan Bennett takes the rap for, whoa, his outrageous, terrible behavior. Joan Bennett writes... Suddenly, I was the villain of this piece. The apex of a triangle that had driven my husband to a shocking act of violence. I might as well just have pulled the trigger myself. The movie business was still bound by an inviolable code of behavior. Ah, oh, Joni, some things never change. Yep. Joan Bennett will not leave Walter Wanger yet. They stay together for the kids, perhaps. Although he's going to take a huge chunk of her cash. She has to sell their home to bail him out of debt. It's pretty rotten. Hmm. Joan Bennett will finally, after 25 years, bail on Walter Wenger in 1965. Like fully like 14, 15 years later. Yeah. Wow. They stay together for another 15 years. They're together a total of 25, but it is... I would say fairly loveless after the. You think after the
1: shooting, my agent
0: slash maybe boyfriend. Okay, here's the crux of it. We talked about all those films. Twenty films in this block. Twenty films in this block. Twenty five films in this block. From 1954 to 1977, after this incident, Mm -hmm. Joan makes seven movies. Yikes. The scandal ruins her career. She's blacklisted. List scandal. At least in film. The scandal never touched the men. She becomes the woman to blame. I'm mad about it. Always gonna be. Joan will have some other losses in 1965, the same year of her divorce. Her sister Constance passes away. Her other sister Barbara has passed too. Again, the Bennett sisters need their own saga. They really are fascinating, the lot of them. Trying to keep this very high level today. Joan, now divorced from her third husband. She's not going to do movies too much anymore. She will go back to stage as well as television beginning in 1966. With the vampire soap opera, Dark Shadows. Of course. Of course. Dark Shadows delighted audiences from 1966 to 1971, where Joan Bennett appears 386 times as the series regular. Excellent. Elizabeth Collins Stoddard. Dark Shadows is probably its own separate exploration of trashy, but I do want to put in a little bit of happy ending here. For our Joan, 13 days before her 68th birthday. This would make this Valentine's Day 1978. Joan marries for the fourth time. To her love of the last decade. They'd been together about 10 years. His name is David Wilde. Interesting relationship, this one. Apparently, David Wilde liked to both garden and crossdress. I don't know at the same time or not, but that's fine for Joan. They found a way to work it out. Sure. This marriage continues happily until Joan's passing at the age of 80 years old in 1990. Hmm. In her later years, Joan really loved theater. She loves watching Johnny Carson and spending time with all of her grandkids, which number 13 by the time of her passing. Action-packed life, Joan Bennett. No kidding. I bet spending
1: her golden years... Getting pretty with her husband to go and pick
0: flowers and prune tomato plants was lovely. She is a Hollywood legend, Joan Bennett, with her own classic Hollywood scandal along the way. Trash cans for Joan? I don't know. Let's start with her husband's. Walter gets the most for sure. Yes. Jean Markey? Come on, you're gonna marry my (sighs) lookalike? That first husband sounds pretty terrible as well. Joan Bennett maybe doesn't have the most fantastic picker in the love department.
1: Well, imagine you're Walter Wanger in your first marriage with somebody you thought was going to be famous in show business, and instead she ends up famous for syphilis.
0: Come on! Who knew? You hate it for Joan Bennett that she did pass along that woman-to-blame narrative, but wow, there's so much more about Joan. She's so plucky and so funny and so talented. I've got so much more about her and her sisters, but I'm going to shut it down here now for the week. Thank you, thank you, one and all Trash Pandas, for tuning in to listen. Stacy, you're going to be back this weekend with a brand new tale of marital mishap. Yep, kicking that ball down the road a bit.
1: Until then, friends, you can always add more. No, I just
0: got your joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it took me a minute. Can we try that again? Nope. We're going to keep that in. Just keep going.
1: (laughs) Until then, friends, you can always add more to your trashy journey. Check us out over at patreon.com slash trashydivorces for bonus episodes at all levels of support, along with
0: ad-free and early episodes every single drop day. And if you're looking to fill your Monday or Thursday podcast listening, may we recommend Done and Done. This is my jam. It drops every Monday. We are rolling around to Sonny and Klaus von Bulow and our investigation over there with attachments to Joan Bennett through Dark Shadows. Mm -hmm. Also,
1: Trashy Royals on Thursdays is where you can catch us. And we are continuing on
0: with our exploration of, oh my gosh, the Trashy Victorians. We got a fun double bonus this week for everybody excited about that. One and all, thanks again for listening, telling your friends, and supporting us in all the ways. Y'all rock. Indeed. Until we meet again, friends, I hope that you will keep your hands clean. I hope you will keep your hearts trashy. Old Hollywood for the win. I love that story. Happy birthday again, Scorpio friends. Go have a great rest of the week. Bye. Bye.
1: check her out at Ratzi's store on Instagram and definitely drop
0: into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at TrashyDivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at TrashyDivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community
1: includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces.
0: Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bitly slash Gear.
1: Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for
0: more information. And last but